A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, folks. It's Rick Wilson, and welcome to The Daily Beast's The New Abnormal. Hi. I'm Molly Jongfast, a left-wing pundit and editor-at-large at at The Daily Beast. I'm also an editor at The Daily Beast, a former Republican political strategist, best-selling author, and full-time troublemaker. We're here to have fun, sharp conversations with some of the smartest people in media, politics, business, and science that help make what's happening in the country and the world clearer. I'll try to keep Rick to the minimum number of F-bombs and try to keep our kids, pets, and other wildlife sounds from invading our respective bunkers. Hey, folks, we're really excited to bring you four mini-episodes about the Democratic Convention this week, and then four mini-episodes about the Trump personality cult next week. These mini-episodes will be quick, fun, and they'll cover the conventions and much more. Including a tutorial on how to pronounce Kamala Harris's name correctly. Kamala. 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 Hi, Rick Wilson. Good evening. I think that we forget that part of the charm of these conventions is their low production value. Here's the weird thing that I was was noticing watching this tonight is if you gauge this against a traditional convention in the modern era, let's say in the last 60 years, what are those like? They're crowded. They are, you know, what they call assholes and elbows crowded. They have tons of media coverage. It goes wall to wall. It's a spectacular. It's an event. It's a thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you're gauging, you know, this national Zoom moment against that, of course, people are going to make comparisons that where they say, oh, this is, you know, it's not as exciting. It's not as slick. It's not as whatever. This is the world we live in now. And in some ways, I think there's an appeal to that to ordinary people or even politically motivated people. Watch that that the performance tonight and said, hey, you know, they're doing the best they can. They're struggling through this thing. And and no, it's not, a, you know, 50,000 screaming people and a balloon drop at the end. Right. But it's certainly something that is necessary and, and you've got to do it. And they framed it out with the most important thing right now in the minds of the American voter. Okay. That's COVID. That's the story they told, I think, pretty effectively in the course of the evening. I have to say, I thought they did a really good job. And I thought, but I always think like the speeches are the best part and all the other shit we don't really need. Like, do we need to have a host? It's not the Emmys. Like, I I almost felt like I would have liked it more had we not had a host and we just had the really good speeches. I thought Bernie really delivered for Biden tonight. (laughs) Color me shocked, but Bernie didn't even put in any sort of like passive aggressive digs which I was impressed by. And I think he realizes that he's, that he's, you know, he's 300 years old. The day is over. The race is won. He might as well be the head of a progressive think tank after this and not have a, a White House that hates him. You know, he did what he had to do. You didn't feel like he had his fingers crossed. And he really did speak to his voters and say, like, this is not about policy. This is about authoritarianism. And if Democrats can't make that message stick. And like what I actually was struck by, because I've been watching Bernie all weekend, as a surrogate, considering like his optics are 
are not exciting. You know, he's a, another white guy, an old white guy, um, and he screams. He's a really gifted orator. Like, I do think he's quite a compelling speaker. And he did, that was a speech like, you can't ask for a bigger endorsement than that speech. And it made me enraged that there's not a public option in the platform. I'm sorry to be so liberal, but Molly. yes. There's there's no policy involved in this election. This is only about the referendum. And if you don't make it about the referendum, you're missing the beat, which I think may be an indicator that Bernie is ahead of his own people in understanding that that you can't you can't go into this with any part of your coalition sitting on the bench. That I but, think is true. It was always going to get lost in the shuffle, as was every other person tonight, uh, except for the girl who talked about her dad's pre-existing condition, which I thought was a gut punch. I thought that was a perfect explication of what is so wrong with the Trump world writ large. Is yeah. Yeah. They're willing to deny anything in their face in order to keep supporting Trump. And her dad died because of that. And I thought that was a, a, a hell of a moment of television. Well, I think Democrats have to make this about COVID. So, Molly, I think one of the most fascinating moments, you're not going to see Democrats of the stature of a John Kasich or a Susan Molinari or a Christy Todd Whitman speaking at the Republican convention about Donald Trump. I mean, you may round up some Yahoo or two or, or, or Diamond and Silk or something, but you're not going to have uh, people looking to explicitly have a crossover moment, nor are you going to have anybody in the Republican Party on that stage who is going to say, I disagree with parts of Trump's platform, like you did last night with Doug Jones. I thought that was kind of a fascinating thing. And the Republican Party had always tried to play this, we're the big tent party. You know, you can be part of it. You, you can you can have a spectrum of, of different beliefs in the platform for the last 25 years. But now I, it's kind of flipped over. I thought it was kind of an interesting moment last night. What do you think about that? I know you were, you were much more skeptical of transpartisanship. Look, you're trying to pick up voters, right? So that the goal here is to- As one should. Right. And the goal here is to is go after Trump voters. And I think that Doug Jones is a very, very moderate Democrat who was elected in the reddest of red states. Um, but yeah, I think it was good to have a Republican night. And the truth is they need to give people, they need to offer- disaffected Trump voter or something. And that's what happened tonight. I think they did land that message. And look, this country has become much more siloed in its partisanship in the last five to seven years, much more. Even before Trump, it was becoming much more difficult for a centrist Democrat to be inside the party. And that really is one of the things that, yeah, I mean, and now the Republicans have cut their cut themselves off in the suburbs around this country because you know what? People would rather get herpes from a rabid badger than vote for Donald Trump. You guys, I don't think you can get herpes from a badger. I believe I specified a rabid badger, which I think if it's rabid, it may have a higher chance of having herpes. Uh, and, while I, and while I'm no wildlife vet. Right. <laughs> Okay, good. Let's change the conversation to something more pleasant. Michelle Obama, I thought she was amazing. But she's amazing. She's a very good speaker. She's probably one of the best speakers in the Democratic Party, and she refuses to run for office. Well, I, I think she was always going to overshadow everybody else on the thing last night. You know, she was the anchor in a in an evening that framed it as COVID, reminded people of Biden's association with, with Obama, and validated a lot of the things that in the Democratic argument about Donald Trump, in her in her way, where she, you know, cast it as as a higher-minded um, contrast than 
the sort of gutter fighting that I am accustomed to. Um, <laughs> you know, tonight, tonight the Lincoln Project tweeted out, <laughs> we go low so you don't have to. And that really is sort of the, that space she occupies right now in American politics lets her keep that high road message, keep that upbeat message, keep that, keep that sense of, of, brand that's very on for the Obamas of being slightly above the political fray. Look, she is wildly popular. She's even net favorable with Republicans in most polls. The the immediate reflexive attack on her by the RNC and by Trump and by everyone else around them was not surprising, but it was stupid. They attacked her for having known Harvey Weinstein, which, I mean, it's pretty weak sauce when you think that Trump has 24 sexual assault allegations. Right. I mean, Uh, and is currently being sued for defamation. Right, and it was a running buddy of a guy who really did run a child child sex predator ring named Jeffrey fucking Epstein. I mean, good lord. I mean, that's the thing that I'm always shocked by it's like so some of the counter programming that happened at junior and eric on fox news saying their daddy was the greatest president ever okay i'm just gonna say this very directly yes junior appeared as someone who grew up in florida in the 70s and 80s excellent that's i'm gonna cut you off right there rick to be exhibiting i'm gonna cut i'm gonna save you from yourself here don't save me from myself i don't want to be safe for myself i'm aware (laughs) (laughs) i view junior's performance. Let's just say this. I think that Junior could have marched across the Andean steppe. We get where you're going with it. We get your subtle implication here. The New Abnormal is going to release a limited run series of bonus interviews over the next few weeks. Starting in August, we'll release a new one each Sunday. But listen carefully, only Beast Inside members will have access to these. So head over to newabnormal.thedailybeast.com to join now. Your Beast Inside membership helps support the great reporting at The Beast and podcasts like The New Abnormal. Thanks. Now we're going to go back to our returning champion guest, James Carville, the Raging Cajun, one of our dear friends of the pod. All right, James. Well, thanks for coming back on with us, man. We appreciate it. We had a, one of our most popular episodes ever, and we always believe in bringing back the most popular guest for the for another popular episode. <laughs> I, I, I accept all flattery. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Well, speaking of flattery, uh, that somebody must have done right by the president because he's apparently going to issue par- more pardons tomorrow. I can't figure out who it is yet. I think it's Joe Exotic. <laughs> a reporter called me and said he's going to speak all four nights of the Republican convention. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, is that true? I mean, I, I said, oh, come on, man. It's bullshit. He's going to do an event every night of the Democratic convention and every night of the Republican convention. So I don't know what – I don't know how much <laughs> – I mean, even Trump fans have got to be thinking about it after eight days, like, all right, take a breather, Mo. <laughs> what did you think about today, the convention so far? Look, this is hard to do. No one has had to do this before. Cuomo's green screen was terrible. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a... And, of course, all the Republicans going to do is just, Trump is just going to do the whole thing. Right. Well, and, there are no other Republicans in Trump world besides Trump, right, anymore? No, they, no. They, and, and most of these folks... I was hearing about this over the weekend. There are people that they're trying to put together for like presentations at RNC now who are hiding in the weeds. Oh, like, let's hear about that. Well, I, I'm gonna. I don't want to bust out a source on this, but somebody told me that that several more or less moderate senators had declined politely to be involved in any fucking way whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, the chances that they're going to get Cory Gardner and Martha McSally up there, pretty much, and, and Diamond and Silk, and uh, hey. you know. 
a handful of others. I think they could others. have Diamond and Silk and Candace Owens. I, I assure you they will have Diamond and Silk and Candace Owens. I just think, I think you're right, James. This is hard to do. This is hard work to do this remotely. One of my favorite convention moments, I think it was the Republican convention of 2000, 2004. You know how they would send these reporters down on the floor and they'd interview somebody? Mm-hmm. Instead of interviewing this guy from Wisconsin, and you, you could see that they were saying, cut away, we got to go to vice president's getting ready to speak. And the guy kept talking. He said, I'm sorry, you got to cut away. And he said, let me tell you, Paul, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm going to milk this thing for everything it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> that 2004 was a good convention for optics, except that it was in New York City, and that was right. like made, made the friction a lot higher. But, I mean, Schwarzenegger gave a hell of a speech there. Zell Miller. Uh, Zell Miller gave a hell of a speech there. And I know he's crazy now, but Rudy gave a hell of a speech there as well. I I have never seen anybody. Rudy Giuliani was a big-ass deal as a federal prosecutor. I I worked for the guy. Oh, God. He was a, yeah. but I mean, he was a big deal. He He is like a policy. I mean, he's a blabbering, I don't know what. And when he comes on television, i got to stand 10 feet away because I, I get drunk smelling his breath on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a heavy drinker. That's one explanation. <laughs> Funny enough, Rudy's on Fox News right now, and he's saying all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. Rudy just said Soros is intent on destroying our government for some what? sick reason of his. Why don't they just put out the protocols of the elder Zion? <laughs> <laughs> just go right. <laughs> Rudy's about five minutes from declaring that QAnon is real. Even, how many people know who George Soros is? Even? I mean, well, sure. I mean, he inside. It's of, like running against Sheldon Adelson. Now, you think the guy on the street knows who Sheldon Adelson is? <laughs> what are you looking forward to in the rest of the week on the convention front? I, what I'm looking for is talk about them. I'm, I'm sure. To, I know Bill Clinton's going to do it. And, you know, and if Harris and Biden, how how much of their speech? is about Trump and themselves and how much of it is about voters. And the ratio about voters should be at least two-thirds. And it should only talk about themselves, or even it should mention Trump not very much and only in relationship to voters, right? Mm-hmm. That is the, the great mistake of 2016 was that Trump would be so unacceptable that people wouldn't have a place to go. So we know now there's no clip that we can find on Trump that's going to magically, this thing has been at eight and a half since since 2018. It, the mm-hmm. stability in this race is just stunning. So I hope, and I think that they did a kind of awkward, but they did a good job tonight of making it about voters. So the extent when Biden weaves in about how, what his impact is going to be on people's lives. You know, in, in 2018, I don't, the, the congressional Democrats read very few negative ads. They just relentlessly stood on, you know, prescription drugs, healthcare costs, you know, schools, et cetera, et cetera. We ran a play, the son of a bitch, we went 80 yards. Let's run that play again, okay? Let's come in the huddle, okay? Hey, okay, Wilson, you run, you run a, you run a post pattern and, and faster, you know, you run a crossing pattern and I'm gonna hit one of the two of you. Exactly. And then somebody sits in a huddle and say, oh, no, let's run up the middle. No, fuck up the middle. We're going to run another one because this worked. So and run on health care, run on COVID. Just people's lives, run on the yeah. post office. Right. Anything yeah. that relates to people's lives. Right, and, and that, that, that referendum on Trump is because of how badly people have been fucked. Their lives are, are in the shitter because of his leadership. In rural Wisconsin, and we're going to do better than people think. They, they, they will tell you they actually believe 
that Trump was going to do something about health care. Oh, yeah. He said, you know, he said he was going to change it. And that affects them. And, and they're all, when you listen to them, all have health issues, right? Oh. And he, they actually, to us, it seems like, all right, who would think he was, you know, and then he gets in office, and, and he's in office two weeks, he said, who would have known that health care is hard? But we tend to be dismissive of that. And, and they talk about crime in Democrat cities. Well, you know, there have been Democratic mayors. One of the great stunning success stories of modern America until now was the almost cliff-like drop in crime rates. Mm-hmm. All right, in, in a lot of urban areas. And now it's starting to go up. Well, what's changed? Why this year? You know, there's something that has changed. But, but the, the crime in New York and Los Angeles and, and New Orleans and Chicago had been on a precipitous decline that criminologists can't really, couldn't really explain. Right. Right. right? And he's just, everything that he touches just turns to crap. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it's true. And we just got to think as we go forward, you know, we just got to think like they think, not like we think. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Democrats should be Republicans when it comes to trying to win this election. Just on the strategic side, Molly. Yeah, just, not- yeah, just no, be- no, it's not a criticism. I agree. No, I, I, they need to be nimble. You know, Republicans are kind of good. They've traditionally been good at distraction and wedge issues. That's not what people are looking for now, all right? That's really not what they're looking for. But you got to be effective. You have to be ruthless. You have to be repetitive. And Mm -hmm. you got to tell people he promised that he was going to make your life better. He has not. Right. The most fundamental promise of make America great is the most broken promise of all. Absolutely. On every level. He has not made your, he, your health care has not gotten better. It's gotten worse. We spent $2 trillion on stock buyback. What have we done to ourselves as a country? I mean, right. we got people that, that, that can't be in the same room. We just don't, we don't want to live like this. Look at, look at our place in the world. I mm-hmm. mean, my God, we got bounties on, on American soldiers and American Marines. We're trying to make excuses for something that's just right obvious, right in front of your face. We got veterans of just dying to get medication, but we can't get all enamored in ourselves. We just, we got to think like they think and really do our best to like partner with people. You know, it, it sounds trite and political, but they got to understand it. We, we understand, we feel their pain. And if you do that, you, you, I think we're going to break into these rural areas a lot better than people think. And I, I just talked to Harris County de- area Democrats. They have mm. 700 lawyers that have volunteered. You know how hard it is to get a lawyer to volunteer for anything? Right. It's yep. very hard. I got a secret for y'all. There's a lot of patriots in this country. There's a lot more patriots mm-hmm. than people think. They really are. Yep, that's God's truth. And they're 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 they're, pe- they're wealthy people. They're, they're middle class people. They're poor people. They're uh, every walk of life. They are the, the rise of patriotism that we're going to see as a result of this election. I predict is going is going to be remarkable. People are going to go, oh God damn! I, I I thought the country was going to hell in a handbasket. You, you're going to see a, a rescue effort the likes of which you've never seen. Are you worried about voting though? Like uh, worried sick. You know when all your centuries are posted. You, that's a good idea. They, 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 they're easier to come in and cut your throat when you don't know they come, when you don't think they're coming. But if you think they're coming, you're on guard. And every, the entire system is on is it DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5, which I forget which one it is. But It's yeah. 1, but for the, yeah. yeah. But we're on, Def, I, we're on DEFCON 1 everywhere. And it's going to be harder for them to pull their normal stuff off. I, 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 I really, uh, you know, a lot of people are stepping up against him, and very few of these Republicans, they, they're trying to get as far away from this, this guy as they can possibly get. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. Man. 
They're running for him like the devil runs from holy water. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. We're just getting started and don't want you to miss an episode. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm Molly Jongfast, and he's the Rick Wilson. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode.